the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Bisberg. I'm your host, Gary Dixon. Thank you for joining us today. Today's program is sponsored by Vitalant. And our guest is someone we've had on Bisberg before, Charlie Wilcox. Charlie is the president of Vitalant Northeast Division. And Charlie, we welcome you back to Bisberg. Thank you, Gary. Delighted to be here. We have a lot to talk about, don't we, on today's program? A lot of interesting things you may not realize, and some I think you will find rather surprising and alarming to hear, as I think most of us uh, just figure everything's going just swimmingly in the blood donation business, right? It must be. They're, they got enough people that are giving blood. We're going to talk about that and some other aspects of that, and, and what exactly is Vitalant and what Vitalant does, and who better to tell us that than Charlie Wilcox, the president. We are the Community Blood Center for Pittsburgh. We are the primary provider of all blood and blood products transfused in the 50 hospitals here in the greater Pittsburgh area. Most of you know us as Central Blood Bank. That's been the name for the last 50 years. Obviously, we become part of a larger organization that has blood centers in 40 states, coast to coast. So now we've adopted the name Vitalant, uh, which also gives recognition. If you move from city to city, you'll see a name you recognize. Mm -hmm. But again, same mission, same purpose, blood provider for the greater Pittsburgh area. So again, when you hear that word Vitalant, that is the same as what you used to think of as the central blood bank in this area. So Vitalant, now it's spelled V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T. Vitalant is the way we spell that, just in case you need to do that if you're looking them up online. I'll give you the website information and the phone numbers and all that several times throughout our program and discussion today. So you just told us a little bit about who Vitalant is, just to confirm, Vitalant, of course, does provide blood to hospitals in our area. That's correct. We serve 50 hospitals here in the greater Pittsburgh area, all of the UPMC hospitals, all of the Allegheny Health hospitals. Uh, we also go on into Morgantown, Virginia, and serve okay. the West Virginia University Hospital. So that's that's a lot, a lot of area hospitals. Now, we can figure out some of what type of patients would be receiving this blood, but uh, let's touch on that. Who, who's getting this blood? You know, it varies. Uh, surgery victims, accident victims likely are receiving red cells. Uh, cancer patients are probably getting uh, platelets to help them with their, with their, with their uh, blood clotting and their cancer treatment after leukemia. Burn victims are getting plasma. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. Modern science can do amazing things, but they've not found a substitute for blood. No. Blood only comes from human beings, but they have at least found out how to make one blood donation help more people. I see. And that's through component therapy. So when you donated a unit of blood, again, your platelets might go to a cancer patient, your red cells to a, a surgery patient, and your plasma to a burn victim, for example. Okay, and we can all feel great about uh, doing that. That's wonderful that they have figured out a way to help multiple people that need different parts of your blood and can use those. So how many blood donors are we talking about per day? Now, I read something on your website. There's a blood donation needed every two seconds in America. 
or something like that throughout the whole day. So what about here? How many blood donors per day are needed to meet the needs that we have in this area? The number will surprise you. You know, we've got a pretty a pretty outstanding medical community. Mm-hmm. Our 50 hospitals right now are actually transfusing an average of 600 units of blood per day. So that translates to us needing an average of 600 blood donors each and every day here in the greater Pittsburgh area. That's a huge number. That's a huge number. That really, really and is. And most people are shocked to hear that. Yeah, I would have never guessed yeah. that. 600. 600. Every day. Yeah. That is amazing. Now, are enough people in western Pennsylvania donating that amount of blood? Well, obviously that's been the problem. That's why we've been trying to tell our story a lot lately. The, the sad fact is the actual blood donor base or number of people donating blood here in Pittsburgh has declined by 50% over the last 10 years. 10 years ago, we had 89,000 people actually donate blood at some point during that year. Mm -hmm. Last year, it was 44,000. So we've seen more than a 50% decline, and it's become a problem. We are no longer collecting enough blood locally to meet our needs. We're having to hopefully try to find other cities that can share with us. We're speaking with Charlie Wilcox. He is the president of Vitalant Northeast Division. The website is www.vitalant.org. Their phone number, 412-209-7000. That's 412-209-7000. So I guess the good news is you're a large group that does operate in 40 states, but you, I'm sure, would rather not have to go out of your own area for the blood and take it from somewhere else. Yeah, and it, it's even more than rather not. I mean, it's actually kind of scary in that you only get it if they happen to have it. Well, around the 4th of July, prob- for example, probably they're struggling also. Mm-hmm. So if, if we can't collect it ourselves and they don't have it, then we have problems. Yeah, and I would think the transport itself is is not a simple task uh, either to, to do that in a timely fashion. Well. Though you said fifty percent reduction yeah. in ten years, yeah. so why is that? Do you think that that is happening? You know, one of the reasons is pretty obvious. Uh, you know, and I'm the fact is, uh, and I'm one of these. I'm a baby boomer, and we baby boomers are aging. Uh, the baby boomers have been the the backbone of our blood donor base for the last four decades. And even though there's no upper age limit to donating blood, you can donate mm-hmm. blood at any age uh, as long as you're in good health. But the fact is, uh, as, as we baby boomers age, we're more likely to have health issues or more likely to have traveled to a malarial zone or uh, those kind of problems. So the biggest reason for the decline, I, I think, is the aging baby boomers. But there's another big reason. Obviously, in our quest to produce the absolute safest blood supply possible, We've gotten very particular in who we allow to donate blood, Mm. and we're very cautious about it. I'll give you a simple example. Um, A person who's had a tattoo or a piercing, Mm -hmm. uh, if that tattoo or piercing has not been at a licensed facility, we'll defer them from donating for a year to make sure they don't develop hepatitis. Well, you and I know that everybody that has a tattoo doesn't get hepatitis, but since we don't know for sure, we err on on the side of caution. The problem in Pennsylvania is the state doesn't uh, doesn't regulate tattoo parlors, so that means any tattoo in Pennsylvania is a one-year deferral. And you know how many tattoos you see on the street now as a well, simple yeah, example. Well, yeah, it seems like anybody under a certain age, uh, and that age is going up all the time, I'd say, has seems to have a tattoo. So even though that requirement is in the name of safety for a good reason, it still has a net effect of shrinking the donor base. And same thing with travel. Uh, just because you've traveled to Mexico doesn't mean you have, you know, uh, uh, malaria. Or mm-hmm. just because you've been uh, in a forest doesn't mean you have West Nile virus. But 
but we still will be very cautious because we can't prove you don't. So some of these things are things that 10 years ago it was not necessary to screen for, if well, I hear you correctly. Either that, partially that, but also we may not have fully understood mm-hmm. the gravity of some of those risks 10 years ago. Well, like the tattoo thing alone, I think, would yeah. be... Yeah really uh, limiting on your numbers. So so that's another reason for the shrinking donor base is our own caution and even the caution in in, uh, wanting to protect our own blood donors. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of things we do to to restrict that, to to be cautious. Uh, But also... You know, when you look around our society now, there's so much background noise, so much going on. It's it's harder to reach folks, and that's why programs like this are always so very helpful. So thank you for having me. Well, so this big decline, 50% in our area over 10 years decline of uh, blood donations. You've given some good examples here of why that might be the case. What does happen, and maybe you've really, in a way, already answered this, but what does happen if the hospital doesn't have the blood they need? Well, if, if we don't have it and we can't import it, uh, our physicians in our community sometimes have to make tough decisions. They may have to come in in the morning and look at their surgery schedule and, and look at the amount of blood available and make decisions on which surgeries to proceed with, the more critical ones, of course, and which ones to delay. Uh, and uh, you know they they might they might decide there's three surgeries they believe they have enough blood to, to start and the other three they're going to hold off on until the blood supply is better, and that may seem like a minor thing unless you're that person that's mm-hmm. now going to spend another day in the hospital stewing about a surgery that you thought was going to be today. So if I hear you correctly, you're telling me that right now today uh, in our own area, doctors, surgeons, etc., are making and having to make these kinds of decisions to get around issues with a supply of blood that they may not have. It, it has happened. It, certainly, hopefully not on and, a regular basis, but, but it does question, happen. It happens. Yes, it happens. And that, that's certainly not the way we want our community's blood supply to be. Right. Of course not. And then you talked about on a regular basis, 600 donations needed or per day here in, the, in this area that we live in. So how about when there's a disaster? You know, we had the Tree of Life Synagogue. Uh, you know, then there have been shootings that you hear about in El Paso, Dayton, things like that. What happens then? You know, the, obviously, hopefully, there's some level of blood you know, on, mm-hmm. on hospital shelves. Obviously, when a disaster happens, we'll move blood from all the unaffected hospitals towards the affected hospitals. We'll bring blood in from neighboring blood centers. We'll, there's certain automatic things that happen to try to converge the blood supply into the disaster area. Um, and the good news also is usually blood donors are good about responding after a disaster, which mm-hmm. helps replenish. Mm-hmm. But the message we got to keep telling people is thank you for coming in afterwards, but remember the blood that saved those patients' lives were donated three days before the disaster happened. I was going to ask you that because I know it's not instant. There, there has to be a process. Again, every unit of blood goes through 15 different tests for viral markers and other kinds of issues. There's a processing. They're spinning it into those components we mm-hmm. talked about. The proper testing and processing of a unit of blood takes about three days. Another important thing to know. So just put it on your calendar and just continue to go on a regular basis if you possibly can. So if you just joined us, you're listening to the program Bisberg, and we're speaking with Charlie Wilcox. He is the president of Vitalant Northeast Division, and the website, if you'd like to find more information, they've got a nice website, lots of information there, is www.vitalant.org. That's spelled V-I-T-A-L. 
A-N-T, by talent.org. Their phone number, 412-209-7000. That's 412-209-7000. Now, this program is being heard a number of different ways, of course, on the radio, on uh, on your FM dial or AM dial, perhaps. It's also heard on TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio, and the radio station website as well. And you can also listen back on the podcast uh, to find that, go online to podcastpittsburgh.com and click on Bizburg, the program we're doing right now today on Vitalent. So, uh, Charlie, let's talk about the actual process. So somebody is saying, wow, I didn't realize the need was so great. You know what? I've always thought that was a good idea, and, and maybe I'll do that now. Maybe I'll make that call, go on the website. Maybe I'll go give blood. So let's talk about Blood Donation 101 as you walk us through that process. I'd be glad to. And I guess the first point to make is each and every day we're collecting blood in usually about 15 or 16 locations around town. Okay. We have 10 donor centers that are open each day, and then we usually have five or six blood mobiles set up in business, churches, and schools around town. So obviously the first step would be to make an appointment if possible, and you can walk in, but ideally I think you make an appointment to go into one of those sites and donate blood. When you first enter the door, you literally will register. They'll ask for your identification, we'll get your name and contact information, and we'll begin the process. Then you'll be asked about 40 medically related questions. These questions are designed to make sure it's safe for you to donate blood, Mm -hmm. but also safe for the recipient to receive your blood. We then will perform kind of almost a little mini physical. We'll take your pulse, your blood pressure, your hemoglobin level, just certain basic things to make sure, make as sure as we can, again, it's safe for you to donate blood that day. Once you've passed the health history process, then we'll take you to a, a bed and, uh, and actually conduct the, the venipuncture to do the blood donation process. The actual donation process only takes about 15 minutes. Then once you've finished that blood donation process, we'll take you over to a canteen area and have you have some refreshments, uh, uh, juice and cookies or whatever, and, until we make sure you're, you're doing fine. I can tell you from experience that the, the part a lot of people are afraid of is that sticking that needle in your arm. These people do this all day, every day. They're professionals. They know how to do it. And I don't think I've, and I've given blood many, many times, I don't, I don't think I've ever had an issue where somebody stuck me and it actually hurt. Uh, so uh, hats off to your staff, your people who ex- know exactly what they're doing in that area. Thank you. And they're great people to uh, to be around and to work with. So they'll make that as simple and easy as possible as you work through that pro- process. And thank you for the great work you do there. Uh, you mentioned that uh, three days to process. I guess that's what happens to the blood once it's donated. Then you can take us through that. So it goes to what, a lab, your lab or whatever, and then from there it's distributed to the hospitals? Yeah, we will literally bring the blood back to uh, our main processing facility, which is in the Parkway Center in Green Tree. Um, We literally will take each unit of blood. We'll literally put take the blood, put it in a centrifuge, spin it, and separate off the red cells into one bag, the platelets in another, the uh, the plasma into a third. We might make cryoprecipitate that day. There's a number of products we can make from the blood donation. We also will take the test tubes then and send them to our main viral testing facility that will Mm -hmm. run 15 different tests on each unit of blood, uh, hepatitis, HIV, a number of different things, again, to try to ensure its safety. We're speaking with Charlie Wilcox. He is the president of Vitalant Northeast Division. The website is www. 
by talent.org. Their phone number, 412-209-7000. That's 412-209-7000. Would it be best if somebody, if they think they would like to give blood, just to, to make a call make an appointment, and then they might have a question or two that might let them know if they're they're qualified to, to give? Yeah, yeah. In general, if you're in basically good health, you're probably eligible to donate blood. But if you have a specific question you want to ask, I would call that phone number uh, and ask the question to save yourself a trip. Very good. I'm sure that uh, generous folks here in Pittsburgh would like to uh, help if they possibly can. And then let's talk about churches. A lot of churches seem to host blood drives, which is a wonderful thing. So if somebody's listening, goes to a church and would like to consider hosting a blood drive at their church, what's that process? You know, the the key to a good community blood supply is literally every day of the week, somebody stepping up and taking responsibility for that day's blood supply. Mm-hmm. And actually, in our case, we have about, again, we, we have about 13, 14, 15 locations a day. We, we draw blood. Those locations are stepping up that day and, and trying to do their share. So we Ideally, we'd ask every business, church, school, civic organization to ideally adopt maybe a day a quarter, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning have a blood drive maybe once a quarter, and that's the day of which they're stepping up and saying, we're going to contribute to that day's supply. If everybody does their part, and you know somebody takes care of Monday, somebody takes care of Tuesday, somebody takes care of Wednesday, that's the basis of a stable community blood supply. Okay, so think about your fellow Pittsburghers and people in this area who who desperately need your blood. So, and, and it's a wonderful thing to do. The, the feeling you get after you've done that, yeah. um, the, to know that you personally are involved in perhaps saving someone's life, personally. Yeah. Gary, I always say, say, folks, you know, if, if you, you know, we all, all wonder if we walked by an auto accident and pulled someone out of a burning vehicle or, mm-hmm. or we're in a swimming pool and pulled a drowning victim where we literally saved a life, boy, we'd, we'd be buzzed for a, for a month talking about it, right? Yeah. But those aren't very likely to happen for most of us. This is a way to literally save a life, literally, literally make a donation that three days later is going to keep somebody alive, that's just as real of a way to save a life, and we mm-hmm. should be just as proud of it. Yeah, you actually do receive a real blessing yourself in being the person that makes the donation. It's a great, great feeling, and we encourage anybody to do that. So businesses, churches, all kinds of organizations, maybe clubs or whatever, and anywhere people are gathered together in a group might be uh, a candidate for doing their own blood drive? Yeah, and, and I know specifically here today, you know, we, we really want to encourage our churches in our community or, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, to, to consider those quarterly blood drives to make it convenient for their members and their families and their neighbors to have that opportunity to donate blood. You know, uh, people often ask me, why don't folks donate blood? Well, certainly there's some apprehension, but really the most common answer is convenience. And for most people, convenience means my work, my church, my school. That's what convenience means. Now, if if a person, for whatever reason, can't donate actual blood... Are there other ways they can help? Yeah, we have something called a Blood Science Foundation, where if someone is not able to donate blood, they certainly can make financial contributions that will help support the blood center and also blood research, oh, yeah. as we're always looking for ways to improve uh, uh, the blood science also. The blood, so the blood Science Foundation is another alternative if you can't donate blood. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, uh, you're listening to Bisberg, of course, and the program today is with Charlie Wilcox. He is the president of Vitalant Northeast Division, 
And Vitalant is what used to be called, for many of us here in Pittsburgh area that know the name, Central Blood Bank. Central Blood Bank, Vitalant, same thing. So it's spelled V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T. The website is that, vitalant.org. That's vitalant.org. And the phone number to call if you're interested in asking a question, making an appointment or otherwise, is 412-209-7000. That's 412-209-7000. So, Charlie, speaking of the uh, blood drives that we're hoping that churches might consider doing, if I am listening from a church and I would like to do one, what is that process? Hopefully we would sit down with a potential blood drive sponsor and we first of all would look at the calendar and and try to find the right date, day of the week or dates to hold a blood drive. Ideally, we'd love it. Everybody held a blood drive once a quarter. So we pick a date. Uh, probably at least 8 or 10 or 12 weeks away. Uh, first thing we do then is hopefully reserve the room to have the blood drive in because we'll we can either bring equipment and set it up in the church facility or we have self-contained buses we can park outside the church facility. Yeah, I've facility. seen those driving around. Yeah. But we first would pick a date and reserve the site. Then we would decide how over the next few weeks will we actually promote the need for blood amongst their audience, their congregation or their mm-hmm. parishioners. Uh, how would we promote the need? Some we create an opportunity for people to make appointments to donate blood. And we accept walk-ins, but it's like a restaurant. If you make an appointment, you've got a better chance of knowing yeah. there's a table available for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and not risk waiting. So you have, obviously, you've done this so many times. You, you have a system down. You'll make it as easy as possible for the church to, to set this up. You'll ask questions check things off and and make sure they're good to go on all of that. So there's nothing to fear there either. So you make the call, you set up an appointment to meet with uh, the folks at Vitalant, and they'll walk you through that whole process. And so when that meeting's over, you'll feel confident that you can do this blood drive without any issues. That's right. And one important point is for us to commit a vehicle or a team of staff, Mm -hmm. we need to believe there's at least 25 blood donors there. There's only a few places we can collect blood each day, and we need to make sure those will all be productive sites. Absolutely. That that sounds reasonable to me. Kind of an aside question almost, blood types. I'm curious about uh, those. Uh, particularly, you know, Most people, I think, probably know their blood type. Uh, you want to touch on that? Yeah, there's eight basic blood types, O positive, O negative, A positive, A negative, AB positive, AB negative, uh, and B positive, B negative. But the key is the universal blood type, O negative and O positive, are literally the universal blood types. Any patient can take O negative blood. So Even if they're AB negative, like that's right, me? That's right. Yeah, anybody okay. can take O negative, which makes it really in demand. Because think about it. If you're in an emergency room in a hospital and a patient is brought in and really in really bad trouble, mm-hmm. you don't know their blood type yet. So you're going to immediately start transfusing O negative ah. until you can find out their blood type. I see. But what that does is put tremendous pressure on the O-negative donor base. O-negatives are only 6% of the population, but they're currently about 13% of the usage. So O-negative, if you're an O-negative, we're going to be calling you a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, it, it, it's, in a way, that's a compliment, but it's also a, a challenge. Yeah. I realize well, you that. You can always decline if for some reason you can't go that time. But I didn't realize that, that uh, O-negative was universal. Yeah. So it's good to hear. By the way, but as AB negative, you are the rarest of the blood types. 
Right, which yeah. I wish I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be O negative, uh, frankly. Well, again, uh, boy, you uh, have really filled us in on some interesting information, including, uh, Charlie, uh, just touch on, in, in the time remaining, we have about two minutes, what were what the situation really is, which I found to be kind of, frankly, shocking, the, the decline and the need as it stands today versus 10 years ago. That's right. No, it, it's, again, very, very con- concerning numbers. Uh, our donor base, the number of individuals actively donating blood in a year's time, has dropped ten- uh, in half in the last 10 years. We had 89,000 blood donors in 2007 as opposed to 44,000 in 2017. Mm. And it's declined to the point where we're no longer able to meet our own community's blood needs. We're depending on others from other communities to help. And there's risks with that. They, they can only help us if they have it. And around holidays, they don't have it either. Mm-hmm. We really need to grow our donor base. That's the, the big issue and in, in what this campaign is all about. Okay, so please consider being a part of this and especially too if you are a member of a church please uh, talk to your your staff there and see if you might be able to to uh to work with vitalent and organize a blood drive at your own church so if you'd like to consider doing that or just give blood uh, individually uh, the phone number to call is 412-209-7000 that's 412-209-7000 and the website for more information is vitalent.org that's v-i-t-a-l-a-n-t dot org and we've been speaking with charlie wilcox who's the president of vitalent northeast division Vitalent, of course, is a sponsor of today's program, which is called Bizberg. Again, we invite you to listen to the podcast. And to find that of this program, go to podcastpittsburgh.com and click on the link to Bizberg. Charlie, thanks for coming by. I enjoyed talking to you again. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Bizberg, and we'll see you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.